Once we understand the basics of these four types, as a leader, we can bring out the best in our people. So we know that if we've got a C in our team, they're the ones who can do the research. They will revel in the chance to drill down and find more data for the team. The I is gonna be the ideas person. I've got a great idea. Oh, we could do this and we could do that. We could do this even bigger. The D, they're the ones who are gonna get things done. Come on, deadline, let's get on with it. And the S's of course are putting their arms around everybody. Come on, it's all right, we'll get there. As a team leader, if you understand your people, you can deal with them in the way they like to be dealt with. Hello and welcome to the Manage Self Lead Others podcast. It's for experienced and aspiring people managers. I'm your host, Nina Sunday. This is the show that helps you explore ways to become the best version of yourself as a manager. And each episode, you'll hear from one of the brightest business minds on the planet who shares your passion to elevate and transform team culture. Together, we can make workplace culture better. Are you ready? Because it's time to manage self lead others. Lindsay Adams is the relationships guy. His focus is on business relationship building strategies to underpin sales, enhance teams, and create outstanding leaders. Lindsay Adams is able to identify what motivates people. A past national president of Professional Speakers Australia and former president of the Global Speakers Federation, he was awarded a medal in the Order of Australia in January 2020, Australia Day Honours, for his service to the professional speaking industry. A big welcome to my friend, Lindsay Adams. Today, we'll discuss the finer points of using the DISC profile to better understand colleagues and clients. The reason we're talking today, Lindsay, is you are, well, you're an expert in relationships, but you also are an expert in all the uh, multiple profiles. But the one that I'm most familiar with is the DISC profile. And I am, having read people like Ray Dalio's uh, what is it? It's got it here. Uh, principles, life and work. He talks about the importance of doing a Myers-Briggs type profile with his people so you yep. can predict how people will execute a task. Uh, I actually favor the DISC profile because it's only four styles and it's quick and easy and you can you can identify clients, you can identify colleagues without labeling them or putting them in a box. So I guess today is um, about that whole concept of how important is it that a, that a manager of a team understands just to choose a profile and get it done so they can see the patterns of behaviour both in themselves and in their people? So you probably have some thoughts around that, Lindsay. No, I, I sure do. Uh, I'm, I'm accredited in numerous behavioural assessment tools. Uh, a lot of people call them personality profiles. That's actually a misnomer, but let's not go there. It's more about behaviours than personalities. Um, and I love the DISC assessment because it is, well, one, it's the world's most popular online assessment, but two, it is the easiest to understand and the easiest to implement. Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, the Maya Briggs type indicator, brilliant tool. That was the first thing I was accredited in, in back in 1995, a long time ago. And here's the problem with MBTI. I'll shorten it, Maya Briggs type indicator, MBTI. Um, it's a 16-fold model. And it's so complicated. And when you say to people, oh, have you done MBT? Yes, I have. Oh, what's your four-letter combination? Oh, I'm a INTZ. Sorry, Z doesn't even come into it. Oh, really? Oh, okay, well, I'm an IN. Well, what, what does that mean? Oh, I can't remember. 
It's too complex. Whereas I've had with, exactly the same experience with people. With DISC, D, dominant, I, influencer, S, steady, C, conscientious, boom, you're done. And, and the beauty of DISC is the behaviours that we exhibit are readily observable and you can place those behaviours into one of the four quadrants of DISC. Now, we all have a preference. So we have a major preference. I'm a high I, um, but I'm an IS combination, okay? Um, and so um, you're not just one. You're, you're a combination of one or two or sometimes three. Yeah. And there are even people who I call all-rounders. They, they sort of score really evenly across the, across the whole four quadrants. And so you're going back to your question, why? Um, you know, why do we need to know? Well, for a manager, a leader, um, a team member, or even a salesperson, understanding behaviours is the key to success. Um, now, I'm known around the world as the relationships guy. Now, relationships underpin pretty much everything that we do in the world. Want to be a leader, got to be in relationship with your team. Want to work in a team, got to be in relationship with your team members. Want to be a salesperson, got to get into relationship with your prospect or customer. Okay, how do we do that? We do it by matching or modeling the behaviors of the other person. So we be a little bit like them. We don't change our behavior totally, but we be a little bit like them. And you know what? They like us because, <laughs> because we're alike. And so once we understand the DISC model, it's so easy to quickly picture where the person might fit and then um, we can be a little like them. So, you know, let's just run through the, the four quadrants quickly right. so that people who are listening understand. So the Ds, um, they're very goal-driven. They like to get things done, make things happen. D is Decide for dominance, right? D for dominant, yeah. yeah. Um, now, it's not dominant as in I want to be in charge, but, but it is um, because the Ds love to take charge. If there's no assigned leader, they will take charge. Mm. Um and so they love to make things happen, want to get things done, decide and do, make a decision, let's get on with it. Now, the eyes, they love the world of big picture and ideas, um, the world of possibilities. Um, they're great at starting stuff, not always good at finishing stuff. And um, a high eye who's clever, and I know you're clever, often has an assistant or someone else to help to finish off the things that they don't have the time to do. Now, the S, they're the steady. These are the salt of the earth people. They're with you through thick and thin. They love uh, supporting other people. I often describe them as the aunt or the uncle in the team because people go to them for help and support. The calm and, within the storm. They're the yeah, anchor. Yeah. Correct. Mm. And, and with a D and an I, you can read their face. You know exactly what's going on. The D, get on with it. The I, I'm so happy. The S, Oh, but unemotional, unemotional. Yes, because sometimes you can't read what an, uh, an S is thinking, but the minute you override them, you go a little bit too far across their boundary. That's when they might actually, I won't say explode, but they have to blurt out. Sometimes they hold it in and hold it in. And it's Correct. only when you, when they get a little bit angry that they actually blurt out what they really think. Correct. And then they go back to being nice again. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Now, let's jump on the C, the conscientious, the last one. These are the detail people. If they were a carpenter, measure twice, cut once. Um, they love detail. They love structure. They love rigor. Uh, they, they're the spreadsheet people. 
Now, they love to ask questions and they will never decide anything in a hurry. And in fact, if you're a salesperson and you're dealing with a C, um, you will never get a sale out of them on the, at the first meeting. Once we understand the basics of these four types, as a leader, we can bring out the best in our people. So we know that if we've got a C in our team, they're the ones who can do the research um, and they will revel. They will revel in the chance to drill down and find more data for the team. Um, the I is going to be the ideas person because they are, oh, I've got a great idea. And, oh, we could do this and we could do that. We could do this even bigger. Um, the D, they're the ones who are going to get things done. Come on, deadline. Let's get on with it. And the S's, of course, are putting their arms around everybody. Come on, it's all right. We'll get there. Don't worry about that, Nina. She doesn't, you know, she didn't mean it like that. Um, and so as a team leader, if you understand your people, you can deal with them in the way they like to be dealt with. You can delegate tasks to them in the way they like to receive the task. And if you're clever, you can give them the stuff they don't like doing, but you can make it a challenge for them. That's and right. so you could go to your eye and say, Lindsay, um, now look, I know detail is not your big strength. However, this would look really good on your resume if you could show that you have done blah, blah, blah. So I want, want you to have a go at this task. Now I'm going to check in with you and, and, and see how you're going on a regular basis. In fact, I'm going to check in at, on Friday and on Wednesday and on whatever. And see, here's the thing. Once the eye knows that there's a deadline they have to meet, they will meet it. That's right. It, it might they might be doing the report at midnight the night before, but they will have it ready if there's a deadline. Uh, and so, again, as a leader, if you understand these simple facts, you can manage your people so much better, and you can bring them all along together in the way that they like to be brought along. So, Lindsay, how common is it for for leaders, managers, with the, probably middle managers, really, but even senior leaders as well, are just, you know, bumbling along in their own style and not even thinking about what are the styles of their people and is that, a, how how bad an error is that? Oh, it's a big error. And, and oftentimes a lot of people do. They just, they issue uh, commands in the way they, they like to do a task. Um, you know, a D. Uh, Nina, I need this done. I need it by four o'clock. Make it happen. Um, <laughs> but if they're given if they're given that instruction, they go, "Yes, I can do that." Whereas you do that to an S, how do they react? Exactly, they're going to go, "But, but, but, but," and and being the S, of course, non-emotional. Remember, they'll sit and listen, and they'll be quietly seething, going. I haven't got a clue what I'm how I'm going to do this and what am I going to do? I'll have to I'll have to go and I'll yes, boss, I'll get that done for you. And so again, if we if we delegate in the way we like to receive tasks all the time, we're going to offend our people, or we, we may just find that we things don't get done. Um and also I think we have to be so mindful if we are a particular style and we are the leader, like the high C, the high compliance conscientious leader, they what are their pitfalls? They could start to micromanage their people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. them how it should be done. Yeah, so they're the ones who will say, now, I just want to go over this plan, and 30 minutes later they're still, you know, drilling down. Everyone's nodding off going to sleep uh, because they love the detail. And so it's about trying to tune in 
and get that right balance. Now, as a leader, you know, I can hear you listen saying, hang on a sec, I've got 10 people in my team. I've probably got one of each of them. What am I going to do? So here's the thing. As a leader, the Ds are going to catch on the quickest. You're going to get the Ds excited because they'll come on board first. And then the I's will follow, then the S and then the C. And so you've got to um, get throw out some exciting stuff first. So throw out the line, hook the D, hook the I, and then start drilling down into the detail. And, and for the S's, it's about what's in this for the team and how will the team benefit? And then for the C's, it's the detail. What's the cost? What's the time frame? What's the process? What's the procedure? And I suppose the challenge would be if you're a high D and you're after quick results, is that the high C, the compliance conscientious uh, team member, might be looking for the pitfalls and the dangers, which the D, the dominance, you know, the direct person doesn't want to know about. It's like, we just got to move forward. Make it happen. So there's, a, there's, a, there's a happy medium, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And so again, it comes down to if you if you know and understand this enough, then it can be your kind of um, guiding light, uh, which it, and it makes such a difference. Now, um, I, I've um, I've coached a lot of executives. So real life example, I coached a, a, a general manager of a hospital group here in Brisbane, and I did a disc assessment on him, and he went, "Wow." wow, this is really interesting. And I was able to tell him so much about himself um, simply by looking at his graphs, his results, you know, his scores. And he went, this is incredible. He said, could, could we do this with my, um, with my executive? I said, well, of course we could. And so once we did it with the executive, he had a much better handle on um, how to deal with the people. And there was one particular woman uh, on his team who just, he really struggled with, and they were polar opposites. And of course, once we once I helped him understand how to manage her, it made it made it so much easier for them to work together. Now, following on from that, of course, each of the executives then went, "Wow, th this is really neat!" and and suddenly we did the whole filtered thing through the whole organisation. You become more tolerant then of of their particular quirk if it's within that behavioural preference pattern, Correct. because yeah. you understand the pattern. Uh, I certainly be, had became far more tolerant of uh, high C's that used to look. There was a a woman in my office every day at lunchtime. She was ringing up a different um, superannuation company and asking the same set of questions. And of course, she's just in the next cubicle, so I could hear every word. I'm going, "Will she make a decision someday, please?" But I just knew she was a high C, so I accepted it. <laughs> And so, yeah, and that, and that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, it's about acceptance. And, you know, one of the biggest frustration for managers is, is when someone doesn't do it the way they wanted it done. And it's because we're all different. Yes. You know, even, Nina, you're a high eye, I'm a high eye. I can guarantee we will still approach things differently, even though we are similar, we're not the same. Because my secondary style is different to yours. Because so you, you gave me the gift of your looking at your profile, which which is nice. But um, I'm I'm happy to share the fact that my secondary is D, and my third is is C. I I I'm I was I think I've learnt to be more detail oriented. I'm thinking now about the makeup of a team. Uh, what about a team? Uh, perhaps the leader recruited. Uh, just in their own style, and there might be one style missing. Have you come across that uh, oh, scenario? 
So if you have a team and there's one missing, and that often happens, yes, we do We do tend to recruit people like ourselves. That's very common. Um, and so if someone's missing, what do you do? Well, you can either, if you're aware of that, you can say, okay, um, now team, we're missing out on, um, on a high C in our team. Let's just go with the C example. Um, so who's going to take up the role of the detail person? Who's going to be the checker? Who's going to keep us on track for process and procedure? And you can allocate that role to someone within the team. Um, or uh, you might say, gee whiz, it's that bad. We need to recruit someone. You know, if something's missing, there's always a way of covering it. Um, it's, you, can, you can certainly live without it. However, you've got to be mindful that sometimes you may drop the ball if that's not present. And so you've yeah. got to make sure you, you're covering off. Well, I remember delivering a disk, a debrief to an IT team of 30 people. There was only one I, one influencer, and they were complaining about their clients that they were serving, wanting them to do stuff for them. And it's like, and then we shouldn't have to teach them either. It's like, hang on, if you were an, an I, had more I or S in you, you'd go, we're here to serve the people. And if we can't do it for them, we have to educate them how to do it. They would accept that responsibility. But no, it's not our job. So it's interesting um, in terms of IT, there's, I've done a lot of work with DISC and you, we create um, employment benchmarks now. So um, we've got a whole bunch of data because there's thousands and thousands of these profiles being done. We can now tell you what's the perfect profile for an IT manager, for an IT wow. uh, specialist, for a real estate salesperson or whatever. We've got the data. And so we can tell you the ideal DISC profile, which you can then recruit oh, against. That's good. Um, and so, of course, IT, they're going to be heavily C and D based. Yes. or C and S based. Um, uh, so they often, they're confused. They think the machine is their client. It's actually the person using the machine. Exactly. Well, uh, that's something I had to try and share with them, but uh, <clears throat> I, they have to be open to that concept. Yeah. So get this, with the with the benchmarking, I, another real life story, I was working with a, a company in the Philippines and they have a couple of hundred staff in a call center and all of the staff work for an Australian company. So you're familiar with the offshoring model. Yes. Um, they had 30 accountants on staff. They all worked for accounting firms in Australia and they were struggling um, recruiting the right people. And so what we did, I said, do you know who your test 10 best performing accountants are? And they said, oh yeah. I said, great. So we did a disc assessment on them and we created a benchmark for accountants in that firm. We knew who their best behave, best performing staff were. So we created the perfect DISC assessment. And then we put an ad in Philippine Seek. There, there is no such thing, but in the there, equivalent in, of the thing, job, we get two hundred website. Yes, we would shortlist using the usual manner. Then we'd yes. get down to say ten or twenty, and then we we would run an assessment on each of them. And then we go, ah, there's a match for the benchmark. We'll interview them. That one doesn't quite match. We'll put that aside for a moment. There's a match. We'll interview them. Well, there's another one. We're not sure. Put that aside. There's a match. And so we interviewed the matches first, and we knew that their behavioral set matched the top performer. So then that was the scientific part. Then we had to interview for the um, for the behavioral stuff, for the uh, emotional stuff. So all of the uh, the emotional stuff. Mm. And that really tuned up their recruitment. Uh, they we reduced their turnover significantly and they had high performers right from the get-go. Um, so it's an interesting concept, this whole benchmarking. It's amazing what you can do with DISC now. Well, 
I remember uh, I had another a group that I was doing a disc profile with where they were concierges at a big shopping centre, but they were being asked to sell the gift card. Oh. High S's only wanted to help, and the, all they saw was that they were being asked to being take money out of the wallet of the of their of their customers. And I was able to say, well, if if someone's coming to buy a gift and they don't know where to go, doesn't it help them by suggesting a gift card enables their recipient to choose <laughs> their yeah. gift? Yeah. Wouldn't they be happy? And then I noticed that with the high Ds, the dominance and the directs. Um, they weren't that touchy-feely. They weren't that uh, uh, patient with people that, you know, oh, I'm here for something. I, I don't quite know where I'm going. <laughs> and it was the high S's and the high I's that really stood out in terms of yeah. uh, it coming from within, that yeah. internalised customer service. Yeah, and that makes such a difference, doesn't it? So, you know, in terms of recruitment, uh, once you understand that, Again, you can tune in to the better hire. I mean, look, we can all adapt. So, you know, when I, I said I worked in the tax office, I used to be an auditor. I'm not an auditor. I'm a people person. And so I went sideways out of audit into training. I loved it. I found my place. You know, we've been sort of working in this field together for a little while, collaborating for a little while. Um, bottom line, every manager should make sure that there's a profile of some sort, whatever is your preference, of your team members and that all the team members know the preference of, of their colleagues. Is that right? Is that yeah, is that yeah, what we're yeah. urging people to think about? Absolutely. I think it really comes down to it creates better understanding, it creates better communication, it creates better outcomes for the team. And so if we have a common language, a common understanding of each other, you know, I couldn't tell you the number of times I've spoken to a manager and they go, oh, I've got this problem child. I don't know what to do with them. And I go, right, let's have a look at their profile. We'll do one on you and one on them. And we can do these amazing collaboration That's reports. right. Now, which you use with your clients, I know, um, where you compare one against the other and it gives you so much data. And then, you know, they have this blinding flash of the obvious. Oh, now I know why this person bugs the hell out of me. Now I've got some, now I have a recipe for working with them. And that's the key. It's about working better together. See, we don't have to be best friends with everyone we work with. We just have to have a, a, a formula or a methodology to work together. Absolutely, because especially if you can do that comparison or collaboration report, you'll find out that someone is a bit more patient than you uh, and you might be more driven or you might or they might be more accommodating, whereas you're a little bit more strong-willed. If you understand that difference, you can you can usually find a, a point, a meeting point. Yeah. Is that right? And the other thing with the DISC, of course, is you can do um, the team summary report, which gives you a lovely summary of everyone oh, in the yeah. team and just a, a, you know, a page or two of data on each. And for a leader or a manager, when you've got that summary report in your hand, you can go, oh, hang on a sec, how does, oh, let me just refresh my memory about Nina. Oh, yeah, that's, you got it. Now I know, and going to the meeting prepared with that little refresher note, it's so, I mean, there is so much um, great reporting that we can, you know, that comes with the uh, the assessments once you have the data. So if you've got the data on your team, you can run all these reports, um, which is, it's gold. Yeah. Is there any book on, on DISC that you've ever read or? Um, in fact, Nina, that's a... <laughs> 
Um, it's a really good question. I am about to release a book called Why Do People Act Like That? That's fantastic by and Lindsay Adams. Well, Lindsay, look, we could talk about this all day, but we can't. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for your feedback and your perspective on this. It's uh, and, and honestly, it's, it's so good to speak with somebody who shares my passion for DISC and uh, and and you, ob you obviously have that in spades because now you're issuing a book on it. So I hope it goes Indeed. very well for you. Stay tuned. Thanks, Nina. Will do. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. All the best. This episode, we've been speaking with Lindsay Adams on the Manage Self, Lead Others podcast for experienced and emerging people managers. I'm your host, Lindsay Sunday. send you a sample report around 40 pages, pricing options, and how to access the online questionnaire. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye for now.